All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuck is happening? What the fuck, Turkey Day? What does that even mean? Why would I say that? Was that even necessary? Turkey, I don't even think I've ever used Turkey Day as a saying or as a way to describe Thanksgiving. It's Turkey Day. Who says that? It's like, this is going to be fun. Who says that? I don't say either of those things. All right, we're going we're gonna to eat the thing. It's Thanksgiving, and I'll cook, and I'll do, all right, okay. No, it'll be good. That's my version of, that sounds fun. No, it'll be good. It's, it's gotten easier for me. It's actually going pretty well. I, didn't, uh, I only got cranky for about 10 minutes. This is only day one. I've done a lot of the cooking already. You're going to be listening to this on Thursday. Today is Wednesday, and I've knocked out most of the meal. Because as some of you know who listen to the show, I do a lot of the cooking around here. We flew in, me and Sarah the painter, and we went to, uh, we checked in the hotel. We went to my mother's house and said hello to her and went to dinner with her and John, uh, John the jazz man. He's not really a jazz man. He's now 80 something. I think he's 80, maybe 81 he's going to be. My mom's getting up there. I can't say her, her age. Uh, 37, the last she told me was the age 37, I think is where we capped off. Uh, but I, I think she's older than that. And that's all I'm going to say. Cause she enjoys listening to the program. I don't need to hear about it. So we went out to dinner, had a fairly, um, mediocre, but large plate meal. I think that's the way it works down here in Florida that, uh, it's, it's not about quality. It's about what you can box up and take home and eat for three days. Not my mother really, but I think for most people, did I mention Annie Letterman is on the show today? Annie Letterman is here. Uh, I've known Annie a long time. She used to open for me occasionally, uh, and, I, and I like her. She's, uh, she's kind of, um, how do you st- describe Annie? She's got moxie. She's got edge. She's a little filthy, is that not, but she's funny, funny. So right when we got here Tuesday night, Whole Foods, snagged the Brussels sprouts, snagged all the, the stuff I needed. Now, those of you who are listening regularly heard my big plan for kabocha squash. Uh, that was the, the uh, triangular sections uh, rubbed with uh, ghee and then sprinkled with garam masala and then roasted. Well, we got to Whole Foods, no kabocha squash. So um, I didn't freak out. I wasn't going to go on a journey looking for it. There was a real good chance that most people wouldn't give a shit either way that we're eating it. But if they didn't have it at Whole Foods, it wasn't going to happen. So I, I decided to just get the yams, but then I decided not to do it the way that I was going to do it. I'm going to do it like the squash. So this is the predicament right now, and then we can talk about deeper things. Is that I, I cut up the yams in sections, and then I rubbed them. I, I, I just uh, coated them with coconut oil and garam masala and salt, and then roasted them. But they don't have the same texture as uh, squash. They get a little mushier, and I thought they would brown, almost fry up like they did not but they taste great and they look good. But I'm in a situation right now where I've got about less than 24 hours to decide whether or not I should just go ahead and mash them. Like I could serve them in the cubes that are mushy cubes because they're yams, or I could mash them and make them uniform and maybe maybe garnish it with some uh, shredded coconut or something. Still an exciting, provocative recipe, but now I'm just uh, to mash or not to mash. That, that's where I'm at right now. And I, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's uh, it's not an easy place to be. All right, so let's get down to business. Let's get down to the emotional situation. Where are you at? What's going on? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk directly to you. You know who you are. 
Okay, if you're listening to this, it's Thanksgiving. You're plugged in. Maybe you're even on your way. But this this is this is crisis management right now, and and I do this every year. But if you've pulled away to get your mind off things or pull yourself out of an emotionally precarious, tense situation with family, spouse, that's family, kids, still family, that neighbor that you don't like there, not quite family, but they call it family anyways, doesn't count. But my point is, do we need to take a walk? Is it time to take a walk? How cold is it outside? Did you come prepared? Do you have the right... uh, sweater is there a sweater upstairs that you have from when you were growing up that you could put on if you didn't bring a sweater because you don't live in a cold place anymore is there a hat available what i'm saying is if you're about to lose your mind if you're about to unload on your uncle your father your mother that neighbor you could probably unload on the neighbor you know what i mean what do you really got to lose so your parents will say like you really hurt mrs johnson's feelings or mr uh uh, uh civics is that a weird last name? How about Mr. Sp- uh, uh, Spendowski's uh, feelings uh, when you unloaded on him because of his uh, wrong-minded political views? You can live with that. The, with the parents or the sisters and brothers, I don't know. That stuff can reverberate for months, maybe years. So before you do that, take a walk. Let's go outside, get a breath of fresh air. Let's think it over. Because honestly... My mother's boyfriend, John, he's a nice guy, and uh, uh, I guess, and I, you know, I like him. He's, you know, it's, he's one of those people, he, he talks a lot, he tells stories, and you know, it could seem like, wow, I've heard this story. This is the ninth time I've heard this story. I don't think he's listening to as much music as he used to, which is odd. I think that he should, because it, uh, it kept his mind occupied. My point is that I will probably snap at him at least once, a, a, one good one before I leave. And my mother, I think I mildly snapped at her, but then it became clear to me because Sarah the painter said that we're both similar, that maybe that's just the way we communicate emotionally sometimes. But I'm saying that you might not be at that point. You might be in a crisis situation. Here's a couple other things I want you to remember. They're old. They're old people. Now, maybe you're not as old as me, but maybe they're just older people. But when they get old, They're not going to change. Nothing you're going to say is going to change them. What you're going to do really is just distract them from the thing that's never going to change and make them upset with you, either angry or or hurt. And then you've accomplished nothing other than set yourself up for an apology of some sort in the near or distant future. So if you're taking a walk now, it's the right thing to do. See, breathe it in. Remember, you grew up here. Remember, your wife grew up here. Remember, this is where your parents live now. Remember when you were a kid and everything was okay? That shit's over. Oh, sorry, that was, that's not, that shouldn't have been part of the guided meditation. I apologize. I I apologize. I'm not even getting laughs from my girlfriend anymore. If there's one fucking person, she's in the room. I can, oh, the towel's here? Hey, you guys, something real is happening. The towels are here. How how many? I get laughs, but you're also working? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. How many towels? That's a lot of towels. What? You kissing me? You can do that on the mic. Wasn't that a nice moment? The, the, the house cleaning staff brought towels. We had a small discussion about why she wasn't laughing. And she made me feel that she did laugh occasionally at me. And we had a kiss. That's what that's what's happening the day before Thanksgiving right now. Looking at the ocean tomorrow, 
We're, we're in the shit, people. We're in the shit. All right? It's all happening. But here's what happened the other day. We're staying at this hotel. And we go down for breakfast. We get to the lobby and there's a fucking fire alarm going on. Like loud. There's that flashing light. There's something being said like, yeah, please leave the building. But it's like the entire fucking lobby. So right when we get off the elevator, the security guy's like, don't worry, don't worry. It's a test. Don't worry. Everything's okay. And that was enough, right? He was wearing a uniform. Okay. We'll believe you. Guy with a uniform, security guy. But then we go into breakfast thinking that it might not last that long. And we're seated and we order food. And it's like, meow, 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 I'm not even sure what the sound was. But that was annoying enough to give you the idea of it. Flashing light, flashing light, flashing light, flashing light. And everybody is sitting there just eating their fucking breakfast. Families of people just, you know, pass me the waffle. Is that syrup? You want to taste this? Kids, just nobody is even registering it. And it is loud. It is oppressive. It is menacing. But everyone, because they were told it was okay, is just sitting there in this chaotic alarm situation. Except for me, I was like, what the fuck? How long is this going to go on for? Now, I'm not saying I'm better than other people, but I, at some point I was like, why are we tolerating this? But that's not the analogy or metaphor I'm trying to illustrate. I just thought it was a fitting metaphor for where we're at globally and culturally. Just people, families of all kinds sitting there eating as if nothing's happening and there's a fucking fire alarm loud as shit just wailing. And everyone's sort of like, mm, this is good. Do you like your pancakes? Are we going to the beach today? And I kind of realize I, I kind of feel that way all the time. Because I, I look at the news a lot and I see the rising waters. So that was the experience I had. To me, it was like, all you need is one guy with a little bit of authority to tell you there's nothing to worry about. And you'll sit through the alarm. You'll sit through all of them. And you'll enjoy your waffle. So Annie Letterman is here. She wrote on the last Sasha Baron Cohen show. And she's been doing stand-up a long time. And uh, I think I met her in... I God, where did I meet her? I think I met her in New York. And she opened for me in Philly. I know that. And she's unique. And she's funny. And this is her and I talking back at the garage. I'm trying to think when I met you, and I, I know that I asked you to middle for me in Philadelphia. Yeah. But like, where did I meet you first? We uh, went to a meeting together. Oh. We went to a meeting at uh, in Silver Lake, I think. Really? Out yeah. here? And you were like, it's at 8 a.m. And I was like, are you seriously going <laughs> to fucking make me get up at 8 a.m., you piece of shit? <laughs> yeah. This fucking asshole. And you did it. And I, I don't, uh, but I, what, that didn't stick though, huh? I don't, I mean, I uh, went to, I did my 90 90. I quit drinking in 2009. Yeah. January 28th and then. Yeah. Uh, 
And I did my 90 and 90, so I went once a day for 90 days. Right. And then I really started to not, I don't know, I didn't want to talk about drinking all the time, and I didn't want to, I had just started doing, I quit drinking the first, after my first open mic, so I was right. like really kind of wanting to put as much energy into stand-up as I could. You were just starting out then? Uh, in 2009, yeah. But you were like, but you were a New York comic. Uh-huh. Right, and yeah. you just moved out here. Yeah, but you were were you out here permanently, or were you, it was? Um, like, I ended up going back and forth, but I was out here for. I didn't know you in New York. I knew you because you used to hang with some pretty dirty guys. Uh, who like Norton and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, that's how I knew you. You're like one of the women that could uh, run with that mess of people. Yeah, it was fun. I like. <laughs> I loved going on the road with Jim. That was great. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You opened for Jim. Mm-hmm. I opened for Jim for a little while. That was like my. Uh, that was your training. Yeah, it definitely trained me in some shit. I mean, I remember the first time I opened for him was in uh, Caroline's hit me up, and I had done yeah. like their Caroline's Funniest or whatever, right. where you, like do one minute of material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so horrible. I mean, right. to do one minute of material, I couldn't even imagine It's the worst. Um, and so Caroline's had me, and I guess he wanted a female opener to kind of balance him. But I remember <laughs> him saying to me, he's like, he's like, what I like about you, Annie, is you're like me and the fact that you'll tattletale on yourself. Like, yeah. It's like constant like self-confession, I guess, but it's yeah. just like- Sometimes I'm like, Annie, shut the fuck up. Like, let people draw their own. Don't tell everyone what's wrong with you immediately. But I can't like, so those were your first big paying gigs were working for, working, opening for Jim? Yeah. And then I got, I did But this. that audience, I mean, that audience is like, I would imagine, you know, mostly men, mm-hmm. uh, you know, filthy men. Yeah. Uh, but, but shamelessly filthy and, and kind of sweet. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. So the way I got the gig, I remember I was at a coffee shop, uh, I'll never forget it. And I was- uh, I got the text, yeah, or the call, or something about opening for him from and the I w- manager. Yeah, and I'd never met, I had never met Jim before, so I was like so excited. I was just a fan of his. He saw you somewhere. He, they offered him. He wanted. He was like, "Who are the like the newer female comedians yeah. or whatever, oh, okay. or whoever? So like, who right. are the openers?" I remember, like, I was leaving a coffee shop, and I just got really confident. I kind of just sharded. My, I remember I sharded a little. <laughs> I for fucking real? yeah! I swear to God, I fucking shit my pants a little. I just told Jim that story recently. You told Jim like when you heard that you yeah, got I was it. like excited. I was like I was like oh my god. So you like you, I thought that was just a saying. Like, no, I, I shit was, my pants. I, was I farted. So excited, I shit my pants. And yeah, you I did shit it. my pants. Well, shitting your pants, you know, is happening, so it's different. I always feel like it's uh, a, so. It was a, a shard is such a more like more of a betrayal because you really trusted yourself. For sure. A sec. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, you don't, but you sometimes you're sort of like, is it? It's not full trust. Yeah, you take it. You take. You, but I took you the roll leap of the faith. Dice. I said it's a good day today. It was like chir- birds were chirping in Brooklyn. I was like so yeah. excited. I'm leaving this coffee shop, and then I remember I called my dad, and I was like, I just shit my pants, and um, <laughs> just, he, for, just for that you called them or did well, yeah. Well, them. I wanted to tell him about the gym thing, and then I also wanted to tell him about <laughs> <laughs> that you shit, your shit pants. in my pants. How did he I respond? For he got mad at me and hung up because when I called him back, I was like, why? What's going on? And he he was like. I'm sick of your mother's, you and your mother's pranks. I'm like, what are you talking about mom for? My mom had shit her pants at the exact same time, like moments before. So Is this my a dad, real story? I swear to God. <laughs> so my dad thought that we were like pranking him, but really we had just like shit each other's pants. But did you, did you call your mother and say like, can you believe that happened to us at the same yeah, time? Yeah, but hers so was alike. like, hers was like, she realized she shit her pants when she was doing her laundry, like oh, which weird. is grosser. Right. She didn't know that she. Like she hadn't noticed. <laughs> 
Oh, so she didn't, it wasn't a so it timing So it wasn't maybe thing. exactly the same time, but right. she had just realized it at the same moment that I said that to my dad. Oh, well, that's exciting. So my dad thought we were pranking him. Yeah, it was great. It yeah. was fun. But so, but opening for Jim, I mean, I have to, how how was it? Because that's a hell of a baptism. into. That's a well, big crowd of a certain type. And I'm not being condescending. I mean, uh-uh. I, I like those guys. I like Jim. Yeah. But I can't imagine like the requirements uh, for his audience have to be some pretty high level of filth and self well, uh, self actualization. It was it was the first time I opened for him was very I was scared of them, you know, like I went out really fearful and uh-huh. I didn't have a good set and then they ended up switching me to the host, which is so humiliating. Well, yeah, the fear thing will fuck you every time. Right, right? I can't go afraid of them, but that taught me a very valuable lesson because then I came out swinging the next time like Fuck they you. might like fuck all you guys like yeah, whatever right. like oh yeah so that was the it. duke lacrosse this was like before i think that was found not true but it was like i'm like right. oh, you guys play you know just like you know you took you gave it to him yeah i was like i'll show you yeah yeah that's good though and, it's a good tool to have but when i first got in my the first spots i got were actually from donnell rollins because donnell, yeah i had met donnell in new york i just saw him the other he's day he's the best he's so fun he's, so, he's a sweet guy too like he just was started talking about something about his dad like out of nowhere I, I i got him in the middle of some heavy thought about his father the other night and he just laid it on me and yeah. it was kind of sweet yeah he is really he's like a really sweet uh, he's deep a sweet guy. guy yeah he's awesome yeah but so when i met him i i had wanted to do comedy i was living in new mexico we have that in common i know i was guys, living in did Santa i know Fe. that i don't know I went to the College of Santa Fe, which is dearly departed. Oh, it's not not St. John's, the College no. of Santa. St. John's, they make you read. And right, College, College of Santa Fe, they went on business. All right, well, we'll get back to that. Yeah. So, you, Donnell, he gave you your first. So, Donnell, I had I knew this guy from Santa Fe. Yeah. my friend Paul Shin, who was friends with Esther Koo. They just had gone to college together. Or Esther Koo, the comedian. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so when I had said that I wanted to do comedy, I'd moved to New York to do comedy. Yeah. My friend Paul was like, "You should meet my friend Esther." And then Esther was like, "You should come to this party at my friend Donnell's house." And I'm like, "Ashley, Larry, that's awesome." So then I go to the party, <laughs> and um, I'm talking to his friend. I can't remember his friend's name. Who Donnell's? Yeah, Donnell had this friend who I was talking to, and he was like, "Oh, you're funny. Are you a comedian?" And yeah. I was like, "Well, actually," and I got all nervous. I was like, yeah. "I don't know. I want to do it, but." Uh huh. And he was like. Uh, Yo, Donnell, she wants to do comedy. And it was like in front of everyone. I was so embarrassed. Uh-huh. And Donnell was like, uh, I got a show on Monday. Come do it. And I was like, well, I'm not really ready. I think I'd done maybe one open mic. I right. quit drinking like the week before. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. And he humiliated. I mean, he went like, he's like, dude, don't say you want to do something and not do it. He's like, wow. everyone's got to do it. I'm so glad, grateful for it. But he was like, go hard or go home. And I was so embarrassed. So what I did was I showed up that Monday and he ended up being like, we'll just come next week. And then I came the next week and I brought people and stuff. And oh, I so that. he wanted to test you first? And that you, well, he was like, like, yeah, he was like, don't like, uh, and I mean, ha- he really went hard. He really like, he yelled at me. But when you, when you showed up, you didn't go on? Uh, when time? I showed up at that show, no, he didn't have me go on. And what'd you have, like five minutes, five jokes? I mean, jokes? probably, uh, yeah, what probably. What were you, like 19? I wa- no, I was 25. 25? It was my birthday yesterday, I'm 35. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. But uh, you were just out of college at 25? Well, sort of. I just quit drinking. So I was like, you know, I, I went to college for about eight years. I went to undergrad for a long time because I was drinking so much. It was like kinda, eight years. Yeah, that's really long. Well, I was like, you know, it was incomplete. I wasn't like, all right, you know, I, so I was like, you know, I'd some, I would take like a semester off or whatever to, you know, but pay more attention to Jaeger. Oh, Jaeger was the thing. I quit Jaeger first. Jaeger, that leads to some bad shit yes, in my does. experience. Yes, it for does. some reason that particular liquor mm-hmm. does it opens you up. 
Yeah, I used to drink. I used to drink it by the pint. They had like yeah. a, I was dating this bartender. Well, dating whatever, banging this bartender yeah. in New Mexico, and they had a Jaeger machine. He would just give me pints a of Jaeger machine. I would just wake up with just like you know, my knees were all torn out because of the fall down drunk. So embarrassing. <laughs> well, that's better than like lining up dicks. Yeah, I guess. It, what like a plinko chip? Boing. <laughs> 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 I uh, so like I remember. Wait, so were you you open for me? You're middle for me, right, mm-hmm. Philly? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and we're—I think we were driving around your mom's car. My mom had an eBay drop-off store. That's right, and she had a van that had a wrap on it that said, "Like we'll sell your stuff on eBay in primary eBay colors." Why were we driving around in that? Did because you drive down from the city? Where I was, was living your... in New York. Yeah, but where was her store? Her store was out of her house in, in, uh, in Philly. Yeah, in the suburbs of Philly. Oh, so you were staying at your mom's? Yeah. And we're driving around. We're driving around. I was so pissed I didn't get a picture of that. That's so funny. Yeah. We Did we get sandwiches? We got sandwiches and we went to the <laughs> art museum. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. We did some cultured stuff. Yeah, it was good. I remember texting you like, I think I, that was really fun. And then you were trying to ghost me. Oh, I was? Yeah, I don't a week think later. So. You were being a little. Really? And I went, you can't be cold to the cold. Yeah. I, I'm too much like you, Mark. You can't, you're not going to get rid of me. <laughs> was I nice to you? Yes, you were. Oh, well, that's good. So, but where does it, where did you grow up? I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And oh, so you are from Philly, mm-hmm. so that she was there. Mm-hmm. And what, well, you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a twin brother and oh, I have an older right. brother. Twin brother. What that, what did that guy end up doing? He works in sports TV. He's in Boston and he's a producer at um, NBC Sports, New I've, England. A, a suburb of Philly. I think Philly's a rough place. How so? I don't know. I talk to people from there, and they they have a definite edge to them. Yeah, they de- like. Yeah, you know, we're you, cool. <laughs> yeah, I know you're kind of like that. Like you don't you don't you can't really fuck with them. No, I mean either I don't know where I got my confidence. I mean, well, I don't know. I and you're I'm with not. you're with Kurt. You're seeing Kurt Metzger now. He's Philly, right? He well, he's from um, uh, Tom's River, New Jersey, but he started it's comedy. And, it's close. He did comedy it? in Philly, right? Him and Jay, yeah, Kevin Hart, yeah, that Philly crew, yeah. Uh, Joe DeRosa. Yeah, DeRosa. I talked to him today. You did? Yeah. He's a sweet guy. He's the best. He's yeah. a little soft for Philly. He is <laughs> soft for Philly, but he's got the like, he's got it in him to do oh, it. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. No, he's definitely Philly, but he's sort of a softer Philly. He's like Norristown, I think. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. So you're like, what, were your parents together? Yeah, my parents were together. My dad um, worked at Penn. He did? As yeah. a teacher? He was the treasurer. The treasurer yeah. of Penn. And then my mom had so a bunch of good like, jobs. Oh, so you had like yeah. you could use the pool over there and stuff. No, we never went. I never went. He, I would go to work with him sometimes, but I never really like used the facilities. He retired when I was uh, fifteen. My dad's seventy-seven. He retired when I was fifteen. Uh huh. And uh, so. And what did your mom do? My mom did different jobs. She worked at like uh, when I was a little kid. She worked at. This organization called Gray Panthers it was an organization for yeah old people against yeah ageism and stuff, which maybe you care about now. Uh huh. Probably not the time. Okay, yeah, I can. You look great. You look no, great. That's you very great. nice. So but you look good. So that's, that's all right. So do you. The makeup's working for you. Yeah. So I put uh, so much on. I know. I'm surprised. Bonnie was like, I talked to Bonnie McFarland today. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go do my. She's like, What are you going to wear? Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> you smoking weed? So yeah, I smoke weed. No, I didn't still smoke no drinking. No drinking. Just weed. Just weed, and I I go in and out of being completely sober, and then smoking weed or whatever. And I I've done like hallucinogens and stuff pretty recently. Did it help out? Years. Did it help? Yeah. Did you do them for clinical reasons or for fun? Uh, clin- I for for sure like try- which one? I, I did uh, mushrooms, acid, and DMT in the past couple of years. 
Uh huh. And, and these were experiments, or yeah. it wasn't party time. It was sort of like no, 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 no never party time. My no. life is a party. I have fun at the DMV, you know. Uh huh. But yeah, but like what? Like what? Well, let's go back to when, when did you? I start? can tell you all of those. I will no. I'll take it. Yeah. But like, what happened? Like, how? What? How, how were you so fucked up that you needed to get sober when you were in your early twenties? What? When you were a kid, what was going on? Where'd you go to school? What was the deal? I went to um, a Quaker school called Green Street Friends School. That's and, uh, but that's just Germantown a, friends. Oh, but that was because it was a good school. Yeah, my mom. One of the jobs that she did, she wrote the newsletter for the school, so she really liked the idea of Quakerism, and she decided to raise me and my brothers Quaker. Just because she liked the idea? Yeah, well, we didn't have a, like, she wasn't brought up very religious at all, and my dad wasn't very religious. He was in Vietnam, and I think he found God, but I've never really had that conversation with him. And he's still around? Yeah. Wait a minute. So your dad was, uh, what religion were they? My dad, would, they both were brought up nothing, like, I mean, my nothing. dad's father wasn't in the picture, really, but he was Jewish, but they never celebrated, and then my, they celebrated Christmas, and yeah. my, my grandmother was, was Christian. Huh. And then we thought for a while she was Jewish and she was adopted. So there's like a lot of adoption in the thing. Get, have you done the genetic thing? Yeah, 20% um, Jewish. And what's the rest? The rest is born. It's like British or something. We're like That's from England. It? I thought I was Russian because people literally come speaking Russian to me in distress. Like I could see you looking Russian. They come like I'm like going to save them or something. Really? I fucking don't, Just on the street? In Philly a lot. Russians would, would come yeah. up to you. Like, I swear to God. Panic in their panic. face. Help me. They're not understanding. They're like you're the only one that will know. But also when I was in, I used to live in Greenpoint <laughs> in Brooklyn and everyone's Polish. So, yeah, so you got if that. I was in a bad mood, they just started speaking Polish to me. Right. But like if you're frowning, you're definitely. <laughs> you do look a little i can see that happening but your dad was in vietnam like for like like the real deal kind of like he was he didn't have of? to like shoot his gun or anything he oh. was a um he was a mechanic okay. a plane mechanic my dad went to um school for um engineering and then he ended up going to wharton my yeah. dad's like really smart but add and great you know like, right but your so. mom like just decided quakerism yeah, and Quakerism is really cool. I'm glad it gave me a good. Would you consider yourself like a Quaker? Uh, sure. I mean, I well, I went after the election. I was kind of like going to Quaker meeting again for a little bit. The last election. Yeah. Really, you were going to Quaker meeting? Is yeah, that, I started is that going back. Called? Yeah. Well, it's on Sundays. You just go and you sit in a in a room on these benches facing each other, yeah. and you just sit in silence. And the whole theory is like, if you feel moved to speak, like, yeah. God speaking through you, but it's people just stand up and say kind of whatever they feel moved that's, to say. That's a a ritual of Quakerism. Yeah, that's the, the Quaker church. meeting. That's the church. But there's two different. There's programmed and unprogrammed Quakers. So programmed Quakers make up the majority of it, but not in the area I'm from. So programmed. In the programmed is they have a they have a preacher and stuff, and oh. they go by the Bible and stuff. So so it was crazy. I remember it, going. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. When I was younger, I would go to like Quaker youth retreats, and in my area, unprogrammed Quakerism is just like everyone's a lesbian, everyone's gay, everyone's like crazy hair. Like it was just a very inviting because it's the whole theory of it is that God is in the form of an inner light that everyone has. So. Oh, really? So it's not an old religion. Mm, I don't know when it was founded. But let's talk about Quaker meetings. You knew enough that you didn't go to church. You weren't programmed Quaker, but you did go to... We used to go to church. We would go to Quaker meeting, which was church, when yeah. we were young. So all the kids, you and your, your, and my, brother, yeah, your twin and, brother. And my twin brother. And, and your older brother. My twin was like, you would always stand up. He was like, Annie, I would to like... To talk. Yeah. But I remember the nerves and stuff. It kind of reminds... I mean, it makes me think of stand up a lot. Sure. 
you know, it's where I would practice my, you know, dick jokes or whatever. At the, at Can you the, imagine? Uh, I mean, Quaker, I could. They would have to accept it as Quaker as a man. The, the Quaker talks. They would have to just like politely, maybe. Right. Someone will pull you aside, like maybe, maybe yeah, watch maybe the language. Yeah, maybe watch the language. But I've cursed in meeting before. Felt great. So you, so you did this a lot. You, I mean, you were really brought up in the Quaker thing. But not that, not that heavily. When we were younger, then we went to a different school, and it was like we'd go here and there. And I tried to go back recently, and it was just sort of not, uh, not that I'm against it, but it's just not something I felt like doing regularly. But when you, but you believed in God. Um, it didn't matter. Inner light, sure, so inner Quaker, light and right. stuff like that. I right. think I'm, I'm more like lately, like as I get older, more believing in God or something. How's that going with Kurt? Um, well, he's one of the reasons I'm like, I don't know how I ended up like meeting this person that makes me feel so good. It like feels like I went through so much shit to get there. But so he, it's like, he will talk you out of God. No, he's, I mean, he was brought up I uh, know. so religious, but I don't feel like he would talk you out of God even. I think no. he believes in God more than me. Does he? Yeah, for sure. This is a new Kurt. I thought, I don't Kurt know. Was, I don't know. If I thought new. he was the skeptic. I mean, he's a skeptic of all, you know. Yeah, of all things. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he, you know. Well, let's talk about like so the election happens, and you just felt like you needed to go sit with Quakers. Well, I just wanted a place to be quiet. I don't know. I just wanted to like try you were to terrified? find some peace or whatever. Yeah, I was really triggered. I had a lot of, um, I you know, I have a history of sexual assault and stuff like that, and it was just really a lot. I mean, the election was like really. I mean, I was like. PTSD. I mean, oh, really? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, no, I felt that. I don't have a history of sexual yeah. assault, but I certainly felt like um, how many how many groups of people down are the Jews on the get on the train thing? I know, but you know it, that's so selfish. Whatever. Who, yeah, what, we all it's just all selfish. terrifying. Everything's you, very, and it was just like it's just a, it was like a confused. I don't know. It was like what the hell is happening? Did it feel comforting? Did it? It feel did like feel you, comforting. It felt really good to be there and stuff and and everything. Yeah. But I went to the Quaker school until right. fifth grade. Yeah. And then uh, in fifth grade, we moved over to public school. Me and my twin brother, my older brother had already gone. And public school, I just had, I mean, I, I had learning disabilities, so it was a little bit more difficult for me in public school. How did that manifest itself? This is ADD? Yeah, I mean, I just, sometimes I'm looking back, Mark, though, now, and I'm thinking about all the things my parents had been wrong with me, and I'm yeah. going, I don't know that there was really anything wrong with me. But they were concerned? Were they? Yeah, I mean, though. You know, I, when I was a tw when I was in kindergarten, yeah. I have a twin brother, and right. I was you know bigger than him. Not identical. Well, our penises are a little different. So are they, they can't well, be identical? He's circumcised. You're not. Yeah, Good I'm for you. completely uncircumcised, uncut. <laughs> I have to deal with Femunda cheese all the time. Oh, you do? Wow, weird. So in kindergarten, my brother yeah. had learning disabilities, so they held both. They held. They had a choice to either hold both of us back or just Max. Yeah. And so they were like, we're not gonna. Put, put our son through that where it's like his sister's twin sister so they held us both back and then in second grade I was having trouble reading like dyslexic kind of deal I don't know I think my parents didn't teach me to read oh really I think they thought the school was going to and then the school was like I think your parents are supposed to help with this <laughs> are they I can't remember who taught me to read yeah whatever I figured it out eventually and I <laughs> you're okay with it now? a little bit you I can, can read I can read now that Twitter's expanded their characters not as much but so Okay, so when does the juvenile delinquency Okay, start? so we go to the public school, and then all of a sudden, I'm just kind of hanging out with not good people. I just found myself with pe little- Well, you're kind of- but, Oh, so, but what kind of person were you? Were you shy? Were you- Because you're kind of no, like- No, I was like- I was upset. Kind of like I a, had- What am I? You're kind of- um, It seems like you're, you know, you're take ch charge kind of person. 
Well, I had, you know, I kind of had to be, so. <laughs> you did? I learned, yeah, I learned young because, okay, so I had a lot of problems. Like, I was born breach, right? So I was born, my brother was born at, mid, we were born at midnight, so he's yeah. July 20th, I'm July 19th. Huh. And I kicked him out of the womb. Yeah. And, oh, so you're born breach, so your feet came out so first? So I came out first, so I'm in an incubator. I don't know how much that affected my, but I had a lot of problems with tactile. I didn't like, like, kind of signs of, I was on the spectrum of autism a uh-huh. little bit. So I didn't like to be touched and or held, and I didn't wouldn't breastfeed and stuff, but my my mom said that I would really squish in with my brother. Like, like I yeah. would let him. Like, oh, because you were that yeah. was the only thing you were close to. Yeah, it was my brother. Yeah. yeah. So then um, uh, I had problems. So I didn't, my socks would really bother. There was like a lot of issues. Like I was always like upset. Like my Uh-oh. feet would hurt. If the seam wasn't in the right spot, I would oh, like, it would oh, ruin yeah. my day. Like I just couldn't. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like constant fight. It was chaotic. We were always like late to school. Like things were just, everyone in my family has ADD. So it's just like, like it, but, an explosion but that sounds like times. more OCD ish. Maybe. Yeah. I think I am thinking more on the lines of OCD because I am messy. So I always think I'm not, but then. But like I can't go to sleep because I'm all of a sudden pa- like panicking every night about some fucking weird thing I said that's not even a thing. Oh, really? To that somebody? feels OCD-ish. Yeah. I, well, it sounds like it's just a scramble for uh, uh, control. Scramble for control or like a way to punish myself or something. Right. I right. Think, well, that's a, that's very predictable. That's consistent. Right. right. Like you can always yeah. rely on that. I'm an asshole. Right. Well, it's easier because all these things that end up happening, which I'll tell you, it's okay. like kind of to get through them, I just blame myself because it was too much to... To admit that like the grown all the grown ups in my life let me down that hard was like a lot scarier. Yeah. So up until very recently, I really blamed myself. I just thought I was like a rotten piece of shit just so, wandering around. So you, oh, so you worked through it some yeah, of it. Yeah. Well let's go let's let's go back. So so the juvenile the people you end up hanging out right, with. Right. So I'm hanging out with people, we're like smoking cigarettes, like yeah. we're being we're being bad. Fifteen, you're like fifteen? Uh thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Wow. Just like bad gri- uh, grimy, edgy kids. I just wasn't yeah, and I wasn't it wasn't easy for me to like get good grade. Like it wasn't easy for me to get that sort of reinforcement. Yeah. So I guess I just went the other direction. Right. I don't know if I did it on purpose. The bad girls and boys. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, so uh, then when I was 13, we went to Mexico, my family, my mom and I got in a car accident. I was doing, I was a swimmer at first for a while. I was on the swim team. I was going to train, train for the junior Olympics. And smoke? I wasn't smoking yet. Oh, so, so I was going to train for the mu- Junior yeah. Olympics. And then on the way to check out, my it was my neighbor was driving, yeah. her kid, another neighbor, and then my mom was in the front seat and I was in the middle in the back. And yeah. we got, it was my mom was going to see the program. I was going to have to go in the morning and at night. Going to do a swim meet. Yeah. It was going to be like a swim practice where they train you for the Olympics yeah. so, or for the JOs. And then so on the way we get, there's a drunk driver, a woman in a minivan who just comes over into our lane and just head on collision. Oh my God. Just crashes into us. They had to get the jaws of life to get the Marsha, my neighbor out. Yeah. My mom hurt her chest. She was like in a neck brace and I broke my foot and the kid next to me like cut his eye open and went to the hospital. Like his and eye, eye or just His eyelid just was hanging oh. down. It was very, he had no clue that was happening too. It was so gross. You're, that's one of those things you remember in your, in your mind. Forever. I remember the shock and like feeling like very euphoric and giggling. I couldn't stop laughing. Because you were just, you I just, couldn't believe what just happened, and I remember they were cutting my sock off because of my foot. Was uh, and I was my brother, my older brother's sock, and I went, "Oh no, my brother's going to kill me!" The and seam. Like, He's not going to go. Yeah, the seam. <laughs> At that point, I had gone to occupational therapy, which cured me of my sock seam the issues. Seam, seam Do you know what they fucking did to me at this occupational therapy? What? Because of my, it sounds like I got molested. I mean, I mean, I did, but not from them. Yeah. But it sounds like so molesty. Yeah. When I tell people now, I went and saw this woman, and she. 
ran because I was so sensitive to certain touch and fabric and uh, like stuff like that. She took a large, vibrating, furry, like almost like a car buffer. Yeah. Plugged it into the wall and just rubbed it all over my body. And then, which, I mean, it really does that. Until I came and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's how it went away. And then, but my mom would, she I had to take a scrub. Yeah. With a I can only come, yeah, <laughs> yeah, when I'm being buffed like a fucking car. <laughs> so then she, my mom would have to take surgical brushes uh, and scratch my skin every day to kind of desensitize me. Really? Yeah, which really hurts on your clit. And, uh-huh. and it's, and it's also seems inappropriate. It's that's so inappropriate. your mom. Yeah. yeah. Come on, mom, stop issue. trying to bang me. <laughs> yeah. So that helped me with that. Yeah. I'm in the car accident and now it's like the time where it's like, it's going to be hard to start getting back into swimming because I didn't like working hard, but I was naturally foot bad. I broke my fifth metatarsal when I was in a cast for a little while. And then I remember some kid bullied me and like stepped in my foot and I had to keep my cast on for longer. What the fuck? Who's that guy? His name was Mike. Oh, really? I remember his last name, Uh huh. but I'm not going to say it. Okay. But, um, whatever, who cares? He was someone you went to school with? Yeah. It was just some kid who gives a shit. He probably had a crush on me or something. So now you got a broken foot. So I had a broken foot and it was like, I'm, I'm in seventh grade, I'm 12, oh. I'm like, what am I going to do? Right. So I just sort of, I just, that's the turn. I just started smoking cigarettes, started getting boyfriends, like I was just... Yeah, and what happens in, what, what about Mexico? We so we get money, we get money from the settlement, from this car accident. For your mom's neck? Right, from me and my mom, uh-huh. for being in this accident with this drunk lady. And then we take that and we go to Club Med with the family. We go to Watuco, Mexico. That's a nice thing to do with the yeah. settlement. Yeah, the yeah, whole family. Yeah, cool. whole family All five goes. years? All five of us. So then I'm just, I don't know what my parents were thinking, but they did just let me, I just was by myself a lot in Mexico. I think they thought you were someone was watching. I was 13. Yeah. I think they thought someone was watching yeah. the kids, but nobody was. So I took an archery class and there was an instructor there who was, I think he was 26 is what I recall. I'm 13. I just turned 13. So I'm hanging out with him afterwards. He's like, oh, I'll walk you back up to your place. And I remember he thinking we're going to my spot yeah. and he walked me up to his place. Right. And he, we go into his place and I'm like, oh, and he's like, he puts on, I'll never, he put on Journey, Open Arms. Ooh. So that song is fucked for me. But, um, and then he. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not a big loss. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I wanted to love it. <laughs> My favorite. So then, and then he starts like massaging me and stuff and I'm so uncomfortable and I'm like, I have to go. And he's like, you're going to just go without kissing me. And I had to like make out with this old guy to leave. Like to me, like 26 when you're 13 is like the oldest person you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, of course. It's crazy. Yeah. So then I end up being able. Like, had you made out before? Yeah, I had made out with. what is But just like 13 year old making out. Like, you know, like, yeah. like, uh, like, um. Like it's, what is that game? Minute in the closet or whatever, yeah, whatever. and like trying to French kiss. Well, it's for usually the first seven time. minutes, but I guess some people. Oh uh, yeah, and no, I'm quick. Come a little quicker. Yeah, a little quick, but no. So, but uh, so, but that it, that doesn't matter, obviously. That, but I was just wondering. This wasn't the first time. No, 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 no. It, it wasn't the first time I kissed. I had like a boyfriend, this right. kid Steve, that was like my. You know, we held hands but it was in the hallway or whatever. And the guy was we old. Like make out. Yeah, it was kid. so. And I was so scared. <laughs> and so then um, I left. He didn't make me like have sex with him or anything. Uh-huh. So I leave, and then uh, I go to the head of the like kids program or yeah. whatever, and I'm like, yeah. this guy did this. And then I just made sure, I remember, I think first before I did anything, I went down, I saw him like talking to people, doing the archery instruction, this guy Alex, and I just started screaming at him. I went, you're a fucking pedophile. You're fucking gross. Like I was so mad. I couldn't believe this had happened. Yeah. Screaming at him. 
And uh, and he's like, oh, like you need to get out of here. And then I told, but that's when I started drinking on that trip. We were drinking. And then I told the guy, and then I think he ended up getting fired. But my parents like didn't know any of this happened. You didn't tell them? No, I don't know why I didn't feel comfortable telling my parents stuff, but I didn't. I never told them. So there was a whole kids program. That, yeah, that was and I think thing. they just thought we were covered or right, something. Right, but right. I remember I fell asleep in some kid's house and they were mad at me. How long were you at Cub Med? A we year? Like, I mean, it could have just been like four or five days. I don't know. I just, I get, I'm in, like, I was just a young, I think yeah. I was pretty, I don't know what I looked like then. Maybe the middle handsome brother. I always thought I looked like a boy and stuff, but I'm kind of learning that I never did. So you called the guy out, you got him in trouble. Called that was him good. out, you got him in trouble. I mean, I always have. Yeah. But, um, so then, uh, go back to school. And that wasn't, I didn't really like feel that much trauma from that. Right. I just remembered that one recently. And really? then, yeah, I mean, I, it's not like I had repressed it, but. I just have so many of these sort of things I got into because I wasn't really being watched. So yeah, I was very mature for my age. I got my period when I was 11. Like I was just like, right. I ran into a girl from middle school at the mall and she was like, oh my God, um, I was just talking to my mom about you. Like we saw you on something and she was talking about how crazy you were. And I really go like, whenever someone calls me crazy, I'm like, tell me what type of crazy you mean. Yeah. And she was like, boy crazy my mom used to be so nervous because you were so like like you were so into boys yeah and i wasn't there yet or whatever right i was just like developed faster like seventh grade Mm -hmm. yeah i there was like that's when i I don't know if that's when it normally starts but i remember my seventh grade year was being it was a little crazy Mm -hmm. like like everyone was making out yeah that was the first time i felt boobs yeah like the first time that i yeah how'd it feel I didn't know what to do with them, yeah. but I held them. Yeah. There isn't like a, a real... <laughs> you know, it's just sort of you like... You could do a lot of things with them, honestly. <laughs> sure, but when you're in seventh grade, you like you just like... Yeah, uh, you just put their hand on. On it and maybe squeeze it a yeah. little. Is that it? We did it. Push them together a little. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't do that. Smush them. I didn't do that because there was so much work. You had to work your way. There was a working your hand. Yeah. It took like an hour yeah. to work your hand into the bra because you did... At every and you're juncture... Nervous. Right. Yeah. At every juncture, you're like... Huh? Your hands, the sweat, it's just yeah. slipping off the body. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I guess that's the that's when it happens in junior high. I never like, I had my friend that I started hanging out with who was like kind of the bad girl. Yeah. She was already having sex with her boyfriend. At 13. At 13. She started having sex with him before she got her period. Like I remember being like, how old was that? How, was the boy, how old was the boyfriend? He was only a year older, but right. he was uh, the Sicilian kid who looked like he was 45 years old. I mean, he had like Full back beard. and neck hair. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, right. So it just looked so crazy. Yeah. But so I was hanging out with these people where like sex was kind of normal and my mom is kind of masculine. Like she, she, um, I wasn't really tall. I didn't know how to dress feminine or anything. Yeah. So I kind of just started dressing slutty because that's what my friends were doing. Right. Uh, I was just like a little baby slut. I remember w- my high school had to change their, they changed their uh, dress code because uh, of me and my friends. Oh, really? That's <laughs> got to like, stop. <laughs> this, this yeah, they're like, we can't, if we can see your nipple ju- jewelry, there's problems. <laughs> um, but so I go to, I'm in public school and I'm not, I'm kind of struggling. I'm not, I'm not doing well in school. I'm starting to smoke cigarettes and. No drugs? I smoked weed. And when drinking? I was 13 and I was drinking, yeah. That started after Club Med? Yeah, I, well, I started drinking in Club Med, yeah. Really? And then once I like broke the seal, I was like, all right. Yeah, we're in. You know, just hanging out with the wrong kids. And then I didn't want to keep going to public school. So my parents started looking at other schools for me. And yeah. they ended up sending me to the school in Philly and Chestnut Hill that's for juvenile delinquents as an alternative school. So it's either for juvenile delinquents or people. Had you been getting in trouble? I wasn't like, honestly, when I look back, like, uh, like I get so mad at my parents because I'm like, why didn't you just tell me to not hang out with those kids? Because if I had been given any moment of discipline, yeah, I would have. 
every time they disciplined me, I listened to them. And it's like my parents had this idea in their head. Or my dad was working. My mom wanted me to like her so much uh, yeah, I that she never disciplined yeah, me. I and then I got too. like yeah. diddled left and right. Like it's crazy the amount of times I had weird shit happen where I'm like, why weren't you watching me? Yeah, and, and I also try because, to like, because when there's no discipline and there's no boundaries, you don't. Like you kind of are looking to connect with mm -hmm. people, you know. You I was looking for parents. Right. I was like, where? Like every time I would sit on a plane next to someone, I would be like, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Up until recently, I realized. And I'm like, I think the, that predatory people feel that. Yeah, they can tell when when you're not being watched too. They can really tell when you're. And um, and I was sweet. I was sweet, and I was misunderstood. You know, because so I would get go, upset. So you go to the delinquent school. So I end up going to this delinquent school and it also had a good art program and it was also for people with like, you know, there were like, there was a girl that thought she was a horse that galloped down the hall. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just, right. it was like bullies and the bullied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. And so then I'm there and I'm at this crossroads. I'm like, do I lean into hanging out with the special needs kids or the true criminals? Yeah. So then I started hanging out with kids that were like really bad. Yeah. And not to say, my friend from the public school too, we got into a lot of trouble one summer I was hanging out with gang members. I mean, I was sneaking out. I was breaking into houses with people. One guy that I, when I was 14, my friend and I met this guy at an outdoor mall, the Roosevelt Mall. These guys were, you know, we had pagers back then. They yeah. would give us their pager number. Right. And we would lie and say, we're from, you know, we're 14. We'd say we were 16 or right. something, which is still gross. And they were like 20, I don't know. Right. And so then uh, we would sneak out to go meet them and... I remember going, we went to this one house and we went through the window and then we we're like in the pool and like smoking weed and drinking with them, drinking 40s and stuff. And yeah. then we left through the win window too. And I'm just like naive. Like, I'm like, what? Why are we going through the window? And they're like, none of us live here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we just fucking ro like broke into this house. Right. Had no clue. And then I'm like kissing this one guy. And, you know, I was like, I was prudish. I was like, I, I started having sex when I was 14, but I didn't want to. Like, I wasn't ready to have, like, it wasn't, Yeah. it was a more of a peer pressure situation for me a lot of the times, which. Like, um, who, was it with a boyfriend or? Yeah, but like, I think I had already had, had I already had sex when I was making out with this gang member dude? I think I'd already had sex. 14 is when 14, you started. yeah. That's young. On a waterbed. Northeast Philly. You know that guy? You still know the guy? He was in, I, he was in prison last I saw Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. But you didn't want him? Not for fucking me. Was he older? He was 16. I was 14. He was a real fucking piece of shit. It really, it really like, shaped a lot of my... Why? How so? Well, he was just so nasty to me, and I was so, like, in love with him because I was too young for even those emotions. Like, yeah. it's just too much to go through. Right. And he, uh, he just treated me bad. He would, like, talk shit on me. He was yeah. nasty. He was mean. He was a yeah. juvenile delinquent. He was right. gross. And he's he was, like, jail. a shitty dude. Right. I don't know if he's in jail now, but he was in jail for a while before he got into heroin and stuff. Oh. Most of the people from my my high school was a fucking shit show, and most of the people from there, I feel like a true survivor. Most of the people from there ended up like dead in prison or like working at a Verizon kiosk. There's like a few success stories, but it was a small yeah. school, and it was not. They didn't. I don't didn't have to read, and I don't think like I feel like I was completely uneducated. Yeah, well, yeah, because like experience. if if no one teaches you to prioritize that shit, you don't. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you're just gonna want to hang out with people that make you feel like you're somebody. Or feel something. It's like yeah. it was exciting, you know, to go do all this stuff. So anyway, so I'm making out with this guy. We walk, get out of the the window. The pool, yeah. We start, I'm making out with this guy. They drop us off at the house. Luckily, I don't have to like do anything. We sneak back into my friend's house. Yeah. Then it comes out that the guy I had made out with was wanted for homicide. Get like the this is the shit here. that I was just like going to the mall and wandering into. Yeah. When I was 16, 15 or 16, uh, there was this art teacher 
who this like white guy with dreads and his wife had dreads and she yeah. was my advisor and he had actually gone to the school so he was like a alumni yeah of this fucking juvenile yeah. delinquent school so he um mm. they pretty much groomed me and a few other people yeah and uh we would go over to their house like his wife called my mom and was like i'm gonna tutor annie and so I would go over to their house. They would buy me whatever alcohol I wanted, weed. Yeah. And then she would just like write a paper for me. Right. And then, you know, they didn't want me to be going home drunk. So then they convinced my mom that it would be a good idea for me to start sleeping over at their house to sort of uh, curb the edge of me leaving to go to college later. Uh-huh. That this would be a good positive thing for me. And your mom bought it? My mom fucking bought it. And you're it's, having a good time? So I think it's cool. Right. And, and I have this one friend, John, this guy friend in school, who yeah. he's like, this is so weird. You guys are going over there. This is not good. Yeah. Because there'd be a bunch of us, but my friend, me and my best friend at the time would would sleep over there. My parents like gave a futon from our house for it. It makes me so sick when I think about it. One night, nobody else was there and it was just me. Yeah. And the two of them? No, she was gone too. It was just him. Yeah. So it was just the two of us in the house. And I woke up in the middle of the night and he was watching me sleep. Uh-huh. Like like laying next to me with his face on his fist, yeah. just staring at me, propped up staring And you're 16? And I, yeah, 15 or 16, I can't remember. And then I go, I guess 16, because he would probably be have gotten a lot more in a lot more trouble if I was 15. Unfortunately, Pennsylvania sucks with their laws. But so I, I'm like, that's so fucking weird. That's so creepy. I'm like, what are you doing? And then he just kind of laughs and goes in the other room. So then the next day, he's like, he, he's my art teacher. He's like, oh, I want to, um, can I draw you nude? And, and this I, is at the house? This is at the house. So this is just the two of us. And I like want to say no, but I keep like, I don't know. I just don't want to. I felt like it would be accusing him of something if I had said no. Uh-huh. And I didn't know what was going to happen. So um, I remember leaving my socks on because I was like, that was my protest in my head. I was like, then I won't be fully nude or whatever. And then he comes out of the shower or something and he's like it's better if i'm nude too Uh. the drawing's better and at this point there's no way i'm gonna be able to say a word i'm like complete shock can't talk i'm just like this kid like how am i in this fucked up situation and then and just trying to in my head be like this is not what's happening there's like got to be another like excuse for what's going on and then he sat on the back of my legs and he jerked off on me and i like like wet in my knee pit and then i had to like (laughs) i mean it's like so i usually tell it funnier but i like it's just so crazy i can't even believe it and i remember like getting up and i didn't even wipe it off i just pulled my pants up because i didn't even want to like do anything and then i had to go i was working at a pottery place and i had to go to work Mm. So I go to work and um, I tell my manager what happened. Yeah. And he's like, that's, he's like this 19 year old dude. He's like, that's, he's, that's child molestation. That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to think about it. And then I call my best friend who had also used to stay there with me. And she goes, oh, he's gotten like cheeky with me before. Just tell, you know, tell him to fuck off or something. I'm like, yeah. cheeky? What the fuck are you talking about? I don't yeah. think I told her about the jizz part because I was like really ashamed of that. Right. But I was like, he just did some weird shit. And she was like, don't even worry about it. So then I'm like, what? Yeah. So I'm like, am I making this up? And then I go to that friend, John, and he's like, no, dude, this is crazy. I knew fucking some shit was going on. He's like, that's insane. So then I was like, all right. So I go, I'm like, it can't just be me. So I go around, I talk to a bunch of girls. And my graduating class was 17 kids, so there's not that many Small people school, to school. Small school, yeah. So I go around, I found a girl that was having a full-on affair with him. I found a girl that was, that he had had sex with when he was supposed to be tutoring her in art. And uh, a girl that he had exposed himself to, pulled his bone around, and like, look what you do to me. And then maybe a couple more. But the only one that was willing to go forward with me was the girl that he exposed himself to. 
So, and she didn't have a very good reputation for being honest, which sucked. I completely believed her story, but yeah. it wasn't like my most credible. You were you this to go forward with the school? Yeah. So yeah. then I go, I go to one of the art teachers, the other art teacher. He now this art teacher that had done this had gotten fired for throwing something at another teacher, like a After? day before this happened, like right when this was. So he wasn't really like. Technically, I guess he wasn't employed. A day before it school. happened with you? Yeah, like that week or yeah. something, he had gotten fired. I mean, huh. it was like crazy. Yeah. So then, um, so he wasn't at the school anymore. So I went to his mentor and this art teacher who I used to really kind of look up to as a father. Yeah. And I told him what happened with this other girl. And he, I remember he said, uh, he goes, you know, I'm torn because half of me, I want to go kick his fucking ass. Like, I want to go fucking scream at him for yeah. doing this. And then the other half, I wasn't there, so I don't know what happened. And I'm like... I mean, I'm fucking telling you, what benefit do I get? Yeah. There's no, literally, I'm not like telling people about this. I'm not going around to the other students. Yeah. I don't want attention for this. Right. I just want a predator to be stopped. Yeah. I like, I'm like, I already got gotten. I just don't want it to keep, like, I want to stop the, you know. The cycle. The cycle. Yeah. So, um, I haven't told my parents about it yet. So then the, the art teacher takes me to my advisor who she's like, I knew something bad was happening. What about the wife? The wife was had left after he got fired. No shit. So then, uh, so then my advisor's like, I knew this was happening. My other advisor was like, I knew something was happening. And I'm, I'm like struggling with that line too, where I'm like, you knew something was happening, but yet nobody fucking did anything. Like nobody wanted to get their hands dirty or do anything like yeah. to stop this thing. So I was like, I guess it's me that's going to do it. So then she makes me go to the principal. This is all within f- two hours. Right. So then I got to go to the principal, tell him this story. It's a humiliating story. Right. Um, so I was like so embarrassed. I was so ashamed. And then telling the principal and the principal's like the art teacher was still, even though he wasn't employed as a teacher, he was still in charge of the glass blowing studio. So he's like, all right, I got to call. I got to like ban him from the, from the campus or whatever. Yeah. And we're going to, you're gonna have to call the police. So then I got to call my parents, tell them everything that's going on. I got to go into the police. By the time I get home from school, this stupid fucking principal had told Greg, the teacher, everything I said about him, who it was that said it, uh, like a fucking lunatic. I'm a kid, like no protection from anyone. So then by the time I get home, I have all these messages on my answer machine from his wife being like, you fucking liar, you stupid bitch. Why would you do this to us? You're a fucking bit. Like all of this stuff where I'm like, Jesus. So then... um, God... I tell my parents, and before I told them, I tried to go back to the house, yeah. before I told anyone. I tried going back to the house once with my friend and with them, and Greg, the teacher, had said something to me. Um, he'd insulted me somehow. Like, he said, called me something. So I can't remember. I wish I could remember what the word was, but I remember not knowing what the word was. Like meant. like the day after? Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like really soon after that. Yeah. And he said something nasty to me, and I'm like, you're going to fucking do that to me, and then also make me feel like a piece of shit? Like... So then I, uh, he said something and I got so like offended that he would dare speak to me. And I just was like, get the fuck away from me. I'm never going to fucking talk to you again. Like you're a sick fucking pedophile. You're fucking gross. And so he goes off into the room. So I'm not going to keep yeah. yelling at him. And my friend's like, oh, come on. Like, I'm like, you know why I'm mad. He's a fucking predator, dude. He's sick. That's like a child molester. And she's like, come on, Annie. You know? And then so my dad picks me up. I go home. And then my mom at one point, she had a meeting with his wife, Debbie, to discuss how to get me and Greg back together again. Oh, they had such a good bond. We don't want them to be upset. So my mom went on a meeting with this woman to try to work it out. And then she's like, don't you think you and Greg can work it After out? After all the shit hit the this fan? This is before I had told her what happened. Oh. But I think when your daughter is sleeping over at a grown-up's house, and then all of a sudden she's like, I don't ever want to see this man again. You should know You something. can kind of like jump to some conclusions. Right. 
so then when I did come out with it, she was like, yeah, I thought maybe something was going on. Everyone like, who thought something was going on, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, why did I have to do everything on my... I mean, it's insane. I'm like a right, kid. yeah. So then um, we go to court. Wow. And uh, his lawyer ends up being my fucking... This girl I played softball with, dad. I'm like, can anyone have my back? I mean, yeah. it's crazy. That was very upsetting. But I guess he told my parents that he thought he could do a better job for me, which is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Who so could? Th- the, th- the lawyer. It's like, why don't you... This is not appropriate. Why don't you fucking not be his lawyer? Yeah. Isn't right. that crazy? Like, yeah. Well, that you knew his daughter and that it's all... Yeah. yeah. You came to every softball game of mine and this is cool with you? Yeah. So we get to court and he fucking cut his dreads off the teacher. Right. And I remember being like so pissed, but now I'm like sick. Got rid of one more white guy with dreads. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to get jizzed on as a kid for that, <laughs> totally worth it. But so uh, we ended up doing a plea deal because of the way Pennsylvania goes. It's like because he didn't penetrate. Yeah. I, like I would have lo- maybe lost or something. And so he pled guilty and he got like three years consecutive or three years simultaneous probation for both of us uh-huh. and i think he wasn't allowed to teach anymore but then he just became a college professor i think and he's just a successful artist in philadelphia now still he mm-hmm. still is mm-hmm. and he yep. did and, and did anyone else come uh with you on the case where there i do i i blacked out a lot of it honestly like i don't there's like i'm really trying to like go back and yeah i've been asking my parents a lot of questions and yeah. just asking people what happened but I do believe my advisor, Stacy, came with me, and I think someone from the Rape but Crisis no, Center. no other girl came forward? Just the one, the one girl that he had exposed himself to. Oh, she was in forward. the ca- yeah. court, too? Yeah, she was in court, too. And um, I don't know if this affected her as much, but... Has anyone come forward in years after? There's no record of it anywhere. I mean, it's got to be. There's a record of it somewhere, but it's sure, not in on... The court. It's before the internet, so there's not... If you Google him, you just What'd look you at him What did you say about Rape Crisis? I had gone to the Rape Crisis Center. The cops sent me to the Rape Crisis yeah. Center, and I met with them once. And I remember reading Lolita in the fucking Rape Crisis Center. It was just there? No, I brought it. Oh. <laughs> but it was like, how molested is that to be like, I draw cartoons. I want to draw a cartoon of me in the Rape Crisis Center reading Lolita. So how did this victim. affect, you know, the 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 years right after? Or do like, what, what ultimately well, happened? You, you said that it was happened. so traumatizing because the... Uh, no one had your back. No one had my back. Not I mean, even that your girlfriend, parents. that girlfriend, I mean, they they drove me to court and everything, right. but no, everyone seemed just like upset that I was making, like, not that nothing happened, but like, oh, we wish we weren't dealing with this. It was just so fucked up. It was just a really fucked up situation. Everyone in my school was kind of like calling me a liar and like, I didn't have support. My best friend told everyone what happened, said I was lying about it. Her mom was going to testify as a character witness against me. Why do? Why would they say you were lying? I don't know. I, when I speculate, I think that maybe she was having an affair with him or something. Uh. I don't know. Because I, don't, I just can't, I can't understand why you would so... It was just like this level of denial on everyone's part. And so the school was probably off. so scared that I was going to like come right. after them. But I remember the cops told me that I go, well, you should also check in with my friend because she said he had done something. They go, oh, we talked to her. She said that you're, she told us that you're lying, that there's nothing true about what you said. So then I come into school the next day and the only way you get kicked out of this juvenile delinquent school is if you hit someone or you sell drugs. So I knew I couldn't hit her or anything and I was a Quaker. It wasn't what I want, but I was so, I couldn't believe it. Like, how could you do this to me? It was so hard to get there. And then you're going to tell them I'm fucking lying. You're supposed to be my best friend. You know what happened. So I go. 
So I go into her class, she was in a Spanish class, and I, and I go, I start pounding, and she hated the word cunt. So I, I start pounding my fist on the desk in front of her and just going, you're a fucking cunt. You're going to tell the cops I'm a liar? You owe me a fucking apology. She's like, I don't owe you anything, bitch, or whatever. I get pulled out of the class, reprimanded, treated like a fucking monster because of the, this girl. It's like the craziest shit in the world to me. And then um, I just remember them like yelling at me, and I'm going like, are you guys crazy? Do you have any clue what's going on? Or any of your responsibility in it? I go um, go to court. He gets the three years. I was like, I grad. They let me graduate early. Yeah. I wonder why. But you stayed at the school. No, I I graduated that year when okay. I was sixteen. Yeah. You know, we had a small graduation ceremony. I remember my teacher. The teachers would give you each like uh, your advisors would give you like, right. a little speech about you. Mm-hmm. And my advisor was like, you know, she'll stand up against things even if she loses th- things out of it. You know, like she said something about it. So that she's was nice. a fighter. Yeah, I'm like, can someone just fucking actually help me? But um, (laughs) so there was that. But then I went back. I would, I went on to go to Santa Fe and go to college and everything. And how'd you pick Santa Fe? I wanted to. I thought I wanted. I I because I graduated when I was 16. I took a year off and um, I did. I went to first. I went to Hawaii and I did this uh, dolphin. There was this place called the Marine Mammal Lab in um, Oahu and in Honolulu and. I trained dolphins for like a month. It was like a program you paid for or something, but it was, was cool. Was that nice? Yeah, it was neat. It was cool. I mean, I was very, I was 17. Everyone else was older, so it wasn't, I didn't really fit in with the crew as much, but it was fun to train dolphins. It was really cool. It was interesting. Yeah. I ended up working with autistic kids later, and a lot of the behavior management stuff was very similar. It was like very like uh, interesting to have like a background with with um, with behavior modification, but with- Sure. Um, you probably learned some new tricks too. Yeah, and I learned how to, yeah, I learned how to have a really big dick. The male <laughs> dolphins have huge dicks. They do. Then I did a program where I went to Central America and I did service work there. Oh wow! With like you a really, group of kids. That was a was that a Quaker thing? Mm-mm. No, that was just like a. You want program. just wanted to do that? Or your yeah, mom I wanted to travel. I wanted to do something good. You know, I just been through all this shit. I just like wanted to like. And, and I it, felt rotten. I felt like it, that was all my fault. Yeah. I felt like and I was just couldn't like a trust piece of anybody. shit, and like. Yeah. I just felt like so gross. Even though like I knew, I still also had a confidence, but it was like. It's just I had to like jump on the grenade for myself. So I took that summer when I came back from the service work and I started working with kids with special needs. Yeah. So I was a head counselor at an Easter Seals camp and I like had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I worked with kids with like cerebral palsy and spina bifida. Wow, you really did a lot of service work. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I liked it. It was fun. And uh, it was a really fun job. Um, And... I, so I wanted to like do something. I was thinking about maybe becoming a special ed teacher or, and I, and I draw, I like doing art. So I was like going to do that or art. And I wanted to get away from Philadelphia. I didn't realize why at the time, <laughs> but looking back, it's like, I mean, I was so fucking traumatized. So I wanted to get as far away from my family. I just wanted out. Yeah. So I looked at all these different schools and even though I loved my parents, like the most all the time, obsessively throughout all of it, I'd still just needed to get away. So I looked at the College of Santa Fe and I liked their art program and they had a teaching program. So I was like, I can do what I need to do here. I thought the students were really cool. Yeah. And um, Santa Fe was a neat town. And so I moved there and I did like counseling psychology. I mean, I never, my mom wrote my papers. Like I didn't fucking learn much. But yeah. I had a great time. My teachers were incredible. Like I had really good teachers. And you were and there on and off for eight years? Mm-hmm, on and off for eight years. I had, I had incompletes for, to be fair, I had incompletes for like two years. And then the college was going out of business, so my art teacher, Susan York, who's fucking amazing, yeah. my art professor, she hits me up out of nowhere. And I used to not get along with her because she had a class at 8.30 in the morning that I would cut. Right. And she would call me and I'd be like, right. 
I was so mad at her because I'm like, I'm 18 now. I don't have to come to class, which is so crazy. I had no yeah. clue what I was saying, wasting money. And she was like, I just want you there. I just like believe in you. <laughs> and so what, um, were you, what were you doing? Painting or drawing? She or? was. Uh, what was she painting? I think. But or maybe you, she was just. What were you doing? in our I didn't class? have a. I didn't have a medium. I draw now a little bit. But yeah. Um, my mom's a really good artist, and it was yeah. just something we would do together. She yeah. got me into art classes and stuff, and and um, so, you know, I had some really good mentors in high school. <laughs> he taught me how to paint with the medium semen, uh-huh. and <laughs> you can it's body art. And, uh-huh. Yeah, that's right, right. But so we go. I go. Uh, she calls. She messages me, and she's like, "Hey, the school. I just want to let you know the college is going out of business. I had just moved back to New York, or I just moved to New York. Did you? I just quit drinking. I yeah. just started doing comedy." You'd finished college. I well, I thought I had finished. Like I was like, <laughs> I'll get to it. Like there's a couple papers I yeah, have to yeah, write, yeah, you know. Right, but right. I was like, I'll get to it. That, so that's, I that's, move on with my life. Like we'll deal with that later. Yeah. I did ninety percent of the work. Does it matter like, when the college shuts down? I mean, I mean, if you it can, mattered to me because like, you can never get your degree now well, you from can, that college. You or? can lie and say you have that degree if you want. Like I feel but I'm always like, tr- congratulations, graduates. <laughs> but can't you transfer the credits? Yeah, but I fucking hate... School was a goddamn nightmare for me. I would panic every night, like... Sure, so you're two incompletes away from graduating? I'm two incompletes away from graduating. Okay. But I don't realize... I'm just like, deal with it later. Yeah. Like, repress it. I mean, I was drinking so heavily, and when I quit drinking, you know... I had I had been sober maybe three weeks and I get this email that's like you, you have two weeks to finish these and one of them was like statistics no. like who the fuck remembers statistics right and so I had to fly back to Santa Fe on a credit card fly back um, oh, do all these papers Jesus. write all these things finish yeah. it up and then finally I got my degree and then the school goes out of business yeah and okay, it comes back as it. another thing goes out of business again but you got the degree I got the degree yeah I needed it for myself it was just sure. like to know that I could closure you want yeah, that hanging exactly. over you for the rest of your fucking life Big exactly so now we're back to where we we come in full circle here so and we talked about you starting out in comedy but like now you're out here like when I was when I was working through you were dating a, a, a skateboard guy Oh, yeah. rollerblader? Okay. Rollerblader, maybe. Well, that was a couple years ago. I think it was after that. I don't think I was dating anyone. I was so into comedy. Like, I was just so wanted, like, yeah. I just wanted to be my career always. Yeah. I never was like, I'll try this out. Right. It was just a thing I just felt a calling to. And it yeah. was really, like, the only thing, because I was going to be a special ed teacher, I would have burned out on that yeah. in a second. You can only wipe so many fucking 18-year-old boys' asses before you're like, maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe I don't want to do this every day of my sure. life. Though it was a pleasure. Thank so you, you for just letting me lo- your assholes. <laughs> you locked in and you just you did it New York style and you just started. Yeah, I just went in doing hard. Every set you could. Yeah, and I went in and I knew I had uh, I had kind of befriended some comics mm-hmm. and I went to a mic with them and I had one of them had said um, and I don't know if this is good advice or bad advice and you know people should do whatever they want but he was like just try to not like hook up with the comics because it's going to be harder to get respect. Right. And, um, so I had that in my head. Right. And yeah. so, but I was drinking so much. I was blackout drunk all the time right. from age of like 21 to 25. I mean, blacked out, waking up in terrible situations. I had a fucking real bad thing happen to me in New Mexico when I was blacked out drunk. And, um, my roommate like found this guy fucking like literally picking me up off the ground and fucking me on the couch and stuff. And that was like a whole another another where i'm just like i can't drink i can't like uh protect my i gotta be able to protect myself uh, nobody's tell the school or well he wasn't he didn't go to the college and this was after the college this was just when i was living in santa fe Uh, and i you know i 
I tried to get him to admit it or it was just it was like this I was just yeah in a fucking fucked up spiral yeah and I was like you know I was getting wasted and fucking people all the time and stuff how much do you think was a a reaction to you know what you'd gone through I think everything was that I think my childhood was really hard too I mean it was just really rough I was just kind of always like bad or something yeah. you know like rotten. you felt shitty yeah, and you I felt shitty and you couldn't stop yourself from doing things that made you feel shitty about yourself well i just wanted to break i wanted to black out i didn't want to i wasn't getting wasted to have fun and be drunk i wanted to fucking break i was like i hated myself and i just what, like, didn't want to be near myself so what 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 changed i mean what, what made you stop i wanted to do comedy really bad and i also well it was like well i can't trust myself to not get blacked out that's yeah. the whole point i have no interest in being like a little drunk right so I can't protect myself there. And then um, I got in a scooter accident. I was driving blackout drunk one night. I woke up in the morning with my chin split open. I had road rash all Ugh. over my boobs. I almost lost a fucking nipple. I had cuts all up the front of my arms and hands. Oh my God. Down my knees. Like the dress I've been wearing looked like someone had slit my throat. <sighs> so I woke up out of like, I just had these foggy memories of, I knew I'd crashed my scooter. There's blood everywhere. Um... And I knew I could, I felt that someone had picked me up that didn't like, I remember it was like someone that didn't usually like me found me and was very nice to me and brought me back to my house. Not to the hospital. Drove me back. No, because I was wasted. I was like, please don't take me to the hospital. Cause I didn't want, I was like, please don't. You want DW? Cause I was going to get, I was going to get in trouble. So then I wake up and I called my entire family and I, I, that's all I remembered was that. And then I called my entire family and told them I needed to go to rehab. Yeah. And then I had to call them all in the morning and be like, just kidding. I was in a blackout. Disregard. It was Father's Day, I remember. <laughs> I was like, you guys, I'm fine. Like, I was blacked out. My parents were like, you needed like an ambulance. It's like, what are you talking about? I was really fucked up. So then I go and I get my stitches. I got nine stitches in my chin. And um, oh, so you went to you woke the next day. You got stitches. Yeah. It's oh, like probably man. not. I probably could have had a way better scar, too. It's gnarly. And yeah, it was really like I almost died for sure. And I was thought it was funny, you know, like I was like trying to laugh it off. I was out drinking the next night with like wounds all over my face. And then I meet this guy the next night. I'm petting this puppy at a bar. And this guy goes, do you not remember me? And I'm like, no. And he goes, I found you yesterday. I found you. And I was like, oh, he's like, that's how fucking damn, dude. He's like, I thought you were drunk, but that's really drunk. And he rides a motorcycle. And he was like, listen, I understood. And so then this girl came by. I found out it was this manager of a a bar that I would get wasted at. So she was usually yeah. yelling at me and kicking me out. Right. So he's like, so I gave you to her and she drove you home. And I knew, like I told her, I was like, listen, you can take her to the hospital, but it's going to be a real shit show for her with the cops if you do that. So they ended up dropping me off, which was, I'm glad. These they, are Santa Fe people. Yeah, these are just people. It's a small town. You I know. know. I, you know, I used to go up there. Yeah. I go. Everybody knows what's up. Yeah, everybody. I mean, the cops all knew me. And I, when I told them later what happened, they were like, you would have got an aggravated DUI for assaulting yourself because you hurt yourself. Huh. So who knows if that's true, but that's what they said to me. So I'm like, thanks, I'll never call the cops. <laughs> Way to let me know that I made the right decision, not doing the right thing. But so I get the stitches and then it's like, I know I need to quit and I know, so I'm like, if I move out of Santa Fe maybe and I move to New York. What made you want to do comedy? I was my dad, I don't know, I was always funny. Like I was always making my dad laugh. And you just, but you saw, you know, no one told you you could do it or anything, you just sort my of- My college like, professors always were like, can you just go do stand up? Oh, like, so you, so it was on disruptive. the, right, yeah, yeah. But I was always like, I kind of had a way of- um, Yeah. 
I had that. Making yeah. People laugh. yeah, it was yeah. funny. Yeah, just interrupting things. Uh, yeah, like yeah. completely, like somehow sort of making it about undermining me, but enjoying it. The yeah. leader. And then so my and my dad's very funny, very yeah. very funny. So it was a lot of like trying to impress him. And when he sure. retired, and we had this like really bonding. Is he still around? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, he's around. I love him. He'll probably be listening to this, which makes I me. I feel nervous. like they came to the show. They did. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, met they're sweet. them. Yeah, they're sweet. I mean, my mom is kind of banned right now because she um, fucking heckled me in Philly recently. When I was headlining and completely ruined an entire almost sold out show, <laughs> fucking psycho. Well, that well that that tells that's all of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, she threw a hand. She, she made it about her. Yeah, it was crazy. And I'm telling her, I'm going. She threw a fucking wrapped present. It was Christmas weekend. She threw a wrapped present on stage. So I have to open a present, and then I open. I have to explain who the fuck my mom is, where she's from. Like, I'm like, mom, they don't know me yet. Like, what the hell? Stop yeah. acting like. I mean, this is like made it about her. Yeah, and also like it gets you off balance. I mean, it seems like there was a competitive element to the relationship. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't know. So, but so when you got sober, um, how'd you do it? So I moved to New York to do comedy. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm drinking crazy, right? Yeah. Nobody else is drinking like me. I'm not around people. In yeah. Santa Fe, a lot of people were drinking as right. much as me. Nobody else. And I'm like, now I'm in a more dangerous situation. And I'm like, I remember I would like joke. I was like, should I just bring a rape kit with me? Because this is crazy. I'm just like, I'm just offering myself out there to the wolves, you know? Yeah. And so finally, my friend Abby Luck, who's still one of my best friends in the whole world, who I was staying with, she's an amazing artist. Um, yeah. She, an animator, she, she was like, just I'll go with you to an open mic. So we go to an open mic. I've already been told at this point, like, it's not, I already know it's not a good idea for me to like hook up with anyone or do anything. Yeah. And I already am thinking I want to quit drinking. I'm already, I've been right. in that mindset for about a year. So I go to the mic. Um, I bomb, obviously. I like black out. I fucking drop my set list. I don't know what, I ended up yelling at everyone. I don't know what I said or did. And I'm very upset. I'm very hard on myself. I'm sitting at the bar and this comedian who I don't like, I don't. I don't enjoy him. I think he's unfunny and annoying, right? He comes, sits next to me and he keeps buying me beer or buying me alcohol. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm not, like, I don't want to hang out with you. Like, I'm an alcoholic. Like, don't buy me drinks. Yeah. Like, I can't say no. So, of course, he keeps buying me drinks. And he's like, don't worry about it. You know, it's just stand-up, which obviously that's true. Your first open mic, who gives a shit? But right. I was so sure this was my life's, right. I just this failed at calling. this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was so upset. Yeah. And I remember doing Jaeger, taking a shot at Jaeger, yeah. which I had already quit. Yeah. So I was like, uh-oh. And then I end up blacking out, waking up in this, this open micer's apartment in Bushwick. It's snowing out. I'm on his air mattress. I'm like, this is the bottom. This is it. I like look at him. I'm fully clothed. I hadn't done anything with him. Yeah. But I wake up just like, fuck, why? Like, what am I doing with my life? And I'm just like, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm On done. an air mattress. I'm fucking Bushwick done. Like, I'm going to do this. Storm. Yeah. And I'm like, the one thing I didn't want to do, I'm already like yeah. at this guy's Halfway house and there, shit. Yeah. yeah. So then um, I quit drinking. I stopped drinking. I call my friend Tate Fletcher. Do you know who he is? No. He's like a buddy of Rogan's. He's a like MMA uh-huh. trainer and yeah. motivational speaker guy. But he was my friend in Santa Fe. And I knew that he had been sober. So I called him and he was like, just say to yourself 30 days for now. Um, so I did, wasn't too overwhelming. Yeah. And he's like, and just go to meetings and you know, you can either talk or not. You can also just listen. You don't have to do anything. Just go Yeah. check it out. And once I went to my first meeting, I was like, this is a fucking problem. I got to be here, you know? Yeah. So then I started doing the 90 and 90 and I knew like it wasn't going to just be, I just was like, I can never do this again. Yeah. It was too life or death. It was too, I was going to fall. I couldn't believe like people weren't dying in the train tracks all the time. Cause I'm right. like sloppy drunk falling downstairs and shit. Yeah. So, um, so how did it feel to get sober that first time? 
Were you I couldn't crazy? sleep. I couldn't yeah. sleep. Yeah. And then this thing happened with my school. So then I'm like flying back and my I was staying with my friend Abby, but her friend Paul, like I insulted him. He was playing guitar and I went, um, I went, Ooh, I love the goo goo dolls. <laughs> and he was like, You have to leave. You have two days. And I'm like, But I'm getting sober. And it's so funny when you get sober, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. You're so like in yeah, your yeah. own life. I'm winning. I'm, I'm, you should but be proud me. of me. But it's me. I yeah. need your help. He's like, Fuck you, bitch. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad he did that. It was very, it was helpful for me to have someone fucking say no to me. Yeah. Um, and Abby was like, Sorry, dude, you're out. You know, yeah. I can't do anything. But, and I'm like, It was, I'm, she was always saying one of her favorite moments with me is when I was like crying and I was like, but the Goo Goo Dolls joke was totally worth it. <laughs> I'll never take it back. <laughs> so then I had I ended up staying with someone who was in the program. Yeah. Um, and it was good. It was really good for me. And then it started to feel like something I was going to rebel against and start drinking against if I kept going to it. That's how I felt. I felt like uh, very... Um, you didn't, what, did you get a sponsor? Did you I had a sponsor. Do the stuff? I, wasn't, yeah. I didn't like the steps. Right. I didn't like the first step at all. Yeah. The giving up my will or whatever. Right. I was very upset with that one. Yeah, I was like, I just gave up drinking, motherfuckers. I'm pretty proud of myself. Well, I think it was. It's designed to uh, enable you to realize that you can't do it. Right. Yeah. But so, so it's easy to make it bigger. Yeah. That. Yeah. But I definitely was like, You're I'm not giving up my will. Like I was right. like, fuck this. I could right. never get through the first step. But you did know that you couldn't drink. Oh, I knew I could never drink. I yeah. was like, you know, I try to not say never, just because that's a crazy thing to say. But. Right. I don't have I I think because I was able to replace it with comedy. Yeah. Because I just started going like five mics a night and stuff. It's right. like very easy for me to not. And you put together your like your set. My set. Do you want to hear my first joke? Yeah. All right. I was like, my mom just joined Facebook. This was right when moms were finding out about Facebook. Yeah. She goes, she's been uh, tagging me in all these like really embarrassing baby pictures. Like there's this one, her vagina just makes my head look so small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was it. That's a good one. A little one. I remember I did a, one of Donnell's shows and Marina Franklin was like, that's your first joke? She's like, all right. <laughs> and then like, so, the, and now you've been working, you've done like, you know, Comedy Central half hour, you've done an album. I haven't done, a, I haven't done, I haven't done any uh, specials or albums just for my own. I just But never you're out there to. headlining. Yeah, yeah, I headline and I did, uh. I had a show on a uh, talk show on E for very briefly for like oh, yeah. four episodes, and I did. Uh, I was, you know, I was on some MTV stuff. Yeah, the, but now, like, and but I the, worked on, but now, you know, like, I just worked on the um, the Sasha Baron Cohen Sasha thing. Baron Cohen show, you yeah. and Kurt. Mm-hmm. So, like, you've known Kurt for a long time. He's been my best friend for like seven years. And it just happened. Well, he, I'm really good friends with his ex girlfriend too. So they were a couple. So I Linda. never looked at him. Like, uh, Karen. Karen, yeah, yeah, Karen, yeah. So they were a couple. I just never looked at him like that. I yeah. never even considered him like that. And, um, but he was always like a family. Like it was like a family. Right. He's always the friend. We always lend each other 500 bucks here and there. Right, and right. It was always sure. like Good that guy. situation. And uh, they broke up and I still wasn't looking at him like that. And yeah. then we started working on the show. Comedically, we just, it's just like such a click. Yeah. And we were- For years. We write for years. I used to stay at his house when I would go to New York. I would live on, I would sleep on one couch. He would sleep on the other couch. And then- his girlfriend would get the bedroom because he has like night terrors and stuff. Yeah. So pretty much we would just be like living next to each other in filth. Yeah. While our beautiful <laughs> angel was in her beautiful, you know, like yeah, she's right. like, so, yeah. like, so I love her so much. And nothing ever happened. Never. It wasn't like, it was, he had promised me once. I remember he was, I used to wear a necklace that said pig. Yeah. And uh, he made me take it off. He's like, don't wear that. Like, that's not what you are. Like, and, uh, you know, I went to him because it was just, I got, I feel like I had a little bit of a rough go with other comedians when I started. 
um i went into comedy with that story you know like having Don't gone get, home with yeah. that guy and then i go to that mic the next week and he's telling the story uh-huh. as if i had fucking sucked his dick or something i was uh-huh. really upset yeah so i get in and i go up and my my first joke on the open mic the next open mic was uh you know i've woken up bleeding i've woken up on park benches yeah. i've woken up in a bikini in the middle of the winter like right I never considered quitting drinking until I woke up on that motherfucker's air mattress and I literally dropped the mic. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was like, great. I felt good about it and I was excited to do comedy, but I had a lot of like rumor. I mean, they spread a rumor when I got Montreal. Some people spread the other a rumor. micers. Yeah. Some, some females. Nasty bunch. Yeah, what was the rumor? That I had sex with the fucking booker of Montreal to get into Montreal. And I got to, like, do you remember when I was opening for you? Do you remember when I was like, I would never have sex with anyone that could help me? Yeah. And you were like, I can't help it. You were kidding. But yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> it was hilarious. You, you but it was like, softball. but it was just <laughs> like, like I never, I was so paranoid that to get, I never wanted to get something I didn't earn or yeah. anything like that. And it's so hilarious. Cause I'm like, if you guys knew the powerful dicks I fucking dodged, I mean, I could have a fucking probably a. A lot more success right now or less. I don't know. I just don't. I, I don't know who starts that shit. It's just, it's crazy and it's such a weird week. Do you know who started week. it? I have suspicions. Um, and I guess it doesn't matter because it's always going to be something. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But what the lesson for me to learn was like, I was living very fearful that people yeah. were going to say these things about me. And yeah. the truth is people are going to say things about me no matter what. Like So in terms of you and Kurt, you know. So the, we were working in the, so uh, Kurt was Kurt had my back and he told me to take the pig necklace off and he was like that seems like a big thing the pig necklace yeah it was it was like it was really nice of him to do that and it yeah. was really helpful because I did I like look I'm wearing this fucking thing around my neck that's like keeping me in this place of being rotten and like these things are all my fault shame shame yeah so he um he did that and he was and then he promised he's like I just want to let you know I'll never I will never betray our friendship I will never like hit on you or whatever so I really believed him <laughs> So we're working in the room together. We're just having so much fun. And when I used to live there, we would just spend all night laughing and writing jokes and like wake up at 4 p.m. the next day and go do shows with like brand new jokes. It was just like so every boyfriend I've had other than him since I did comedy made me feel like they're taking from my time in comedy. Yeah. And he just I always say like Kurt's like salt. Like he just he just enhances everything. Like he just makes like my life just better. I'm going to cry. I love him so much. But fuck, I love him. He's just so sweet. Uh, and then you find someone that like understands you and like can protect you. And it's like, I just didn't have anyone protecting me ever. And to finally have this like person that just like, he just gets it and he can tell me things about myself that I couldn't see. Like I thought I was ugly and shit. So I'm like, I thought I was like, looked like a boy and shit. I'm like running around flashing my boobs thinking it's funny. Cause I'm like this hideous monster. And it's like, no wonder these girls fucking hated me. I'm like, like, well, I don't want to say I'm pretty, but you know what I mean? Like, but it's like, I'm not, I don't look like a boy. Like, I just didn't know. My self-worth was so like, I just didn't know what I was or what yeah. people saw me as. Yeah. And um, so it was just so nice to have someone that just knows me so well. And like, yeah, he's just helped me so much. Like, I feel like I've gone through so much of my shit. Like, you For, just to have uh, someone who loves how you. How you and saw just, like, yourself. Yeah. yeah. Just someone who just has your back and can like, just know, like gets you. It's just yeah. incredible. Well, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I feel really good. I When I, when I heard it, I was like, wow, well, it made sense to me, yeah. but I didn't know the whole history. You know, well, they I mean, called me Girl Kurt for a year, <laughs> like, you know? 
And did you like in what? So you feel like uh, that that this has helped you process the distrust and the trauma and your self image. Yeah, it was and- such a weird. I never had the experience of. I don't know if this is just like I just wasn't in love when I thought I was in love before, but I just had this experience of when it really like when I really saw him and stuff and and was able to like feel what he was saying to me. I just it felt like my chest was like on fire. Like like if I think about him sometimes still, I like feel it's like. I'm burnt like it's like I like burning like it just like I was just so starved for well yeah because when you just when you just sort of do what you were saying before is like date people that you you can yeah you know and you you can manage it yeah there's no trust really but there's no threat either yeah and it's just like what is that yeah it's just a weird waste of time and it was just i would get upset with myself and then i'd be like and then i'm completely disrespect these people i'm with but also don't you think that like you don't believe you're lovable or can love yeah there's a there's that rotten thing like i really like at the core thought i was rotten and it was interesting because i used to go back to my high school i didn't like realize the trauma i was such denial on so many levels and i would go back to my high school to visit all the time and up until like four years ago when my best friend who was also a a victim of um of molestation and assault and stuff like that and she was like stop like fuck these people because i was like they made me feel terrible i would go in i remember the year after it happened i went in to go to the graduation ceremony yeah and i popped my head in to see the the art teacher that had helped me uh who i'd gone to and i leaned my head in and he goes get out this is for current graduates and screamed at me and i remember like being like in such shock because i was going back to be like hey Hey, like, thank you. Ah, uh, yeah. like, um, you know, not thank you, but I think I was just trying to get approval from them because I was just really left right. alone in that situation. And, Oof, um, that hurts. and so I go back. He said that I remember just like crumbling in the hallway, and the janitor walked by this guy, Frank, and he went, I saw that. He's like, I just want you to know, he's called me Blondie, but not in like a jerk yeah. off on your leg sort of way. He was very nice. He goes, I saw, he's like, Blondie, I just want to let you know, like, I saw what just happened there. I saw the way they treated you. They did you real dirty. I just want you to know I know that someone saw it. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so then I never, I'm always like, did I make him up? Is he imaginary? <laughs> but then I did, I got a, a message from one of my teachers uh, the other day where she was like, um, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll read it. I haven't responded to her yet, but I will. It's just so much, you know? Just it's, the other day? Yeah. She goes, blah, 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 blah. She goes, there's so much more I wanted to, I want to say to you. Yeah. Uh, mostly that I'm sorry. You went through a lot. Damn. And I don't give you, and I, I don't think I gave you everything you needed. I tried, but that's not good enough. Uh, I know that if you were my advisee today, I would have been, I would have had much more to offer. I love what a badass you are and always have been. I loved you dearly when you were mine. She's talking about when I was her advisee. And I hope you felt that. That's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Like I got, I'm like trying to work on forgiving and stuff. But who are you working with? How? What are you doing to help you through this stuff? Well, I'm just like kind of. I I I'm not in therapy right now, but I you know want to be. It's just me and DMT. Just kidding. I haven't done DMT in a little while, but um, yeah, I just um, I don't know. Right now, I'm kind of on like a scavenger hunt, I guess. Well, you feel like you have the support. You're in a relationship that's like like really open you up, and and maybe you're. A little more able to process mm-hmm. this stuff. Yeah, I feel like I feel, uh, I feel protected, but also I feel very strong, and I can look back on the all the situations and know that I really did uh, fight 
yeah, for myself. Definitely. And but what when you when you think of these these gaps, I mean, what what is it that you need to know now? I just like how did this happen? Like to me, it's just like how like I'm just so curious about like his lawyer. Like how can you like? I guess it's me seeking approval still because it's like how could you like just label me as like fucking bad or something or like it's just so like that was, guy all it was just like all like it just felt like everyone it was just so hard like why is my fucking softball coach or my fucking the girl from my softball team i can't remember if he was the coach or not but like i just don't there are things i didn't ask then like i i ask questions now and i don't i'm not afraid of hearing answers or right so so a lot of it is around you know what happened but also why did that they demonize you and then why did everybody believe them right and it's not that like like it just felt like people were like other people around me were being protected from me Mm. i I just am curious i also am curious about because i was trying to google like the details of the trial and it's just not anywhere i'm just curious about i want to remember what happened well, it's fortunate and good that, you know, that so much good stuff is happening in your life, career-wise. Mm-hmm. I'm real happy, and, yeah. And, you know, emotionally that, you know, maybe maybe while your heart's open, you could figure that out. Yeah. Not for any reason other than right. it will give you relief. Right. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm for sure. No one deserves a break in the story, necessarily. No, it's no, like, breaks or anything, but it's like, you know, for myself, it was just like... It all kind of came to a head after the election. It was just l- jarring. It was jarring. I just was like so not expecting that. And then, and the, you know, I went to the women's market and I just saw like all these like crying. Like I was like, oh my God, we're like in some fucking, we're like, there's in a lot trouble. of like traumatized. Yeah, yeah. I'm so relieved like to be dealing with all this shit. It feels so like, it's hard, but it's uh, like, thank God I can move on. I can start remembering things. I can read a yeah, book. I yeah. can like, try to like learn and stuff now and you don't have to be so fucking defensive all the time yeah i don't have to be all goddamn defensive well sometimes i do no but you know what i mean no yeah no i know i was just being defensive for fun i I got it okay yeah but like but no but like you know you got you know you can you you know you can feel strong enough to to let the better side of yourself yeah i always think about my twin brother said to me he's got a wife and two daughters at the time he only had one daughter we were on vacation and his wife's an atheist and i go aren't you an atheist he goes he's are you kidding me he's like have you seen my wife and daughter like of course i believe in god (laughs) And I kind of feel that way about my life right now where it's like, like not like God's hanging like, you know, like this Catholic dude or whatever. But like, I feel like that, uh, like there's gotta be something that got me to this shit. That's like where I just feel like I'm supposed to be, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think maybe I should look at it like that. Yeah. It's not like for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. yes. (laughs) But just like God's like the word, but not. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Like, you know, like uh, there is something about hanging in and about fighting the fight that yeah. you know eventually you know like i think a lot of the stuff that's happened even culturally mm-hmm. like if if what had happened uh, in the election or what had happened with the women's movement did not happen mm-hmm. or kurt didn't happen who the fuck knows yeah you know, yeah it's, for it's, sure i mean i had to be like triggered into the the process and i i like you know it's funny i did ask i was gonna tell you i like i did ask it with my friend up in the burbank hills in her like beautiful house and yeah. there was a bear loose that day yeah and I ran into the bear. Like, I saw the bear before we took acid. I saw, I was crossing the street. I was going to yoga. And I make eye contact with the bear. My friend's husband's been searching for the bear all morning. So I'm, like, going down the hill. I make eye contact with the bear. I call my friend. I'm, like, dude, get Pete out here. I found the fucking bear. 
And she goes, I just took acid. And I'm like, oh my God. All right, well, I'm coming back. I guess you couldn't wait for me to fucking yeah. yoga. So then I'm like, I saw the bear. I got to do the acid. Yeah. So then I turn, I go back and we, we like take this fucking amazing acid my friend made in Santa Fe. And I just had this amazing experience and everything was bear related because of this. Yeah. So the bears, there's helicopters going around searching for the bear. Everyone's, yeah. there's animal controls going up and down uh, trying to find the bear. And then um, we're sitting out in their like hot tub and their porch, just like everything's beautiful. And I just went like, holy shit, this whole time I thought it was a piece of shit and I've been a fucking pot of honey this whole time. <laughs> holy. So now I'm just like, if I put myself in as a pot of honey and I look back at everything, I go, yeah, I was a pot of honey. <laughs> the whole fucking time I was so mad at myself and I'm like, no, I was fucking, I was just a pot of honey. It's great. Yeah, I feel good. I, I, well, that's, I mean, I think that's a good metaphor. Yeah. Thanks, Annie. Thanks, man. That was me and Annie Letterman on Thanksgiving. Was that appropriate for Thanksgiving? I hope so. Did you take a nice long walk? Did it help out? Boomer lives! <laughs> <laughs>